Ks, seven and two-thirds innings. Uh, Ramirez goes four for five for Cleveland, a home run, four RBIs, three run scores. Giancarlo Stan with a four-hit game, did have a homer, two RBIs, run score. And Bryce Harper with two homers for the Phils as he got uh, two RBIs, two for three, two runs scored. As uh, Kind of as I was going through the box score, those were the, the six players that really uh, stuck out to me. And, man, th- that Yankees lineup, man, they're, they're on fire right now. Yeah, so the Yankees have been hurt all year. And if there was ever a time to finally get it together, I mean, Stanton played the first couple weeks of the season, has been injured. Now he's finally back and healthy. Aaron Judge is back in the lineup, although they've still been giving those two guys days off. But, yeah, yesterday I think it was the fourth inning. The Yankees had five of six batters homer. They went back-to-back-to-back. Aaron Hicks struck out, then back-to-back homers again. So, I mean, that Yankees lineup is healthy at the right time and uh, just crazy for DFS because they're hitting a million homers every night. DJ LeMahieu, man, he is just on fire this week. And the Yankees got him at a really team-friendly deal last year. That was one of the all-time bargains. And then also they got uh, Luke Voigt is just a DFA. He was, he was just released by the Cardinals. The Yankees picked him up. He's, he's like legitimately in the MVP conversation. Luke Voigt leads all of baseball in home runs. And it's kind of crazy. The Yankees got him for nothing. It's, I don't know what it is the Yankees do differently than other teams, but it seems like you put anybody in the pinstripe uniform and they're just going to rake. They're just going to hit the baseball. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, sometimes the, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. That seems to be the case with New York. Hey, look, that's where you want to be the scout that says, hey, I told you we needed yeah. to pick up Luke. I told you. <laughs> yeah, and that's – I mean, who would have thought – and it's funny too because back in the day in DFS, Luke Voigt, when he, he was somebody when he first – uh, burst on the scene with the Cardinals. I was like, oh, I think this guy has a little bit of power. He had good power numbers in the minor leagues. And he was somebody I actually rostered for cheap price for a little bit. And he just didn't really do much for a while. And I kind of forgot about Luke Voigt. Then he just resurfaced on the Yankees last year and or two years ago and was awesome. Yeah, so those were some of the DFS stars from last night. Hopefully we help you land some of those DFS stars tonight. Before we get going, do want to let you know today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features when you are looking to play those multiple lineups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy as uh, the top pitcher on tonight's slate on Yahoo. Uh, Zach Blesek, we're going to get into him here right now on, on the hill for the Indians. He's $50 on Yahoo, but the pricing... On DraftKings and FanDuel is very interesting for him here. While he's the most expensive option on FanDuel at 10400 he's only 8500 on DK and, of course, going up against the Tigers here. Yeah, a very favorable matchup for him. The other thing, too, if we look at Plesak, uh, he has outperformed his peripheral stats a little bit this year, so a 2.2 ERA, a 3.81 FIP. So he's been a little bit lucky because he only has a 2.14 BABIP. Uh, but still, I mean, you look at him for his career, he has a 245 Babbitt. He had a 255 Babbitt last year. He had low Babbitts in the minor league. So maybe he's just always going to be a guy that outperforms his peripheral stats. There's a chance he's still a young pitcher. Uh, one thing you really like about him, doesn't walk anybody. 0.66 walks per nine innings. Very rare that he gives somebody a free pass. That's always good. And then the matchup against the Tigers, I mean, just doesn't get too much better than that for a right-handed pitcher. They have a 79 WRC plus against righties, 28.2% strikeout rate. So that is the highest strikeout rate of any team in baseball against right-handed pitching. So for that price tag on Zach Plesak, I don't know that he has the highest upside in the world, except it doesn't really matter at that price point. He's a very safe play and a good SP2 option. 
Yeah, just kind of looking at our, our top two pitchers, he, he comes in at number four in terms of, of Alex's percentages there on him. But, uh, yeah, that eight, it really just stuck out to me the difference in the price points in, in terms of DK versus FanDuel and Yahoo. Uh, for Detroit, Michael Fulmer on the mound. Can we say anything positive about him in the spot? <laughs> Uh, we could say that he used to be a good prospect four years ago, and then he and then he, and then he got hurt, and his velocity's down, and he doesn't work very deep into games anymore. Yeah, he's just ineffective at this point, and then the Tigers don't have a great bullpen behind him, so it's a good spot for the Indians' offense. Uh, I think Jose Ramirez could be a somewhat popular play. It, there's really no hitters that end up being massively popular on a slate that has this many games, but relative to the other options, Jose Ramirez could be pretty popular after he hit two homers yesterday. Yeah, Jose Ramirez had, had a great game uh, yesterday. Should note that uh, along with Michael Fulmer being in your player pool for the Tigers, Daniel Norris is also in the player pool on DraftKings as well. He is 5,400. Michael Fulmer is 6,200. You mentioned about the, the hitting. Let's just uh, let's just briefly touch on the Tigers. I think we're going to touch on the Indians bats because of, of the pitching here. What, what's your take on – is there – is there a one-off bat in this Tigers lineup that, that maybe intrigues you if, you know, someone is, you know, playing, they've got a stack of, say, two teams and they, they need to fill one other roster spot? Maybe is there a Tigers bat that you would consider? No, not really. Um, I, there's really cheap prices here, but there's 12 games on the slate, so there's plenty of options. It's a tough matchup against Plesak. Uh, like I said, he doesn't walk anybody. He uh, has, is not really giving up a lot of power this year. So it's, it's hard to think of him as a guy to find upside against. And then especially just take into account how bad the Tigers have been against right-handed pitching. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and of course on the Indian side, when you look at a uh, potential Indian stack here, uh, we've got them as, as number three stack currently as we sit here right now at uh, just a little after 10 a.m. Eastern time. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, we, we mentioned about Ramirez having a great game. Uh, you know, on the early bird podcast, uh, Adam had mentioned Reyes, uh, Mil Reyes as potentially a, a, in a good spot here. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's going to be Daniel Norris coming in behind Michael Fulmer because Reyes has always hit left-handed pitching really well. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is uh, fairly cheap. He's probably going to be batting second for the Indians. He makes sense. Ramirez and Lindor always make some sense, but they're also, you know, really expensive to play a, pay a premium for him. The guys that I'm a little less certain of is if you get to the bottom of the order, guys like uh, Josh Naylor and Tyler Nyquin. Here's, here's the issue with those guys. They get pinch hit for a lot. So Michael Fulmer is going to start on the mound as a righty. It, it's possible we only see, you know, one or two plate appearances out of Naquin, right? It, it's very possible that if Daniel Norris comes in behind Fulmer as a lefty, that that leads to some early pinch hitting for the Indians. So for that reason, it makes more sense to focus on the top of the order than the bottom of the order. Yeah, you're always – I'm always looking at that Indians infield, but – the one thing about the Indians is the price point of, you know, especially if, you know, when you look at, cause we've got some high end pitching options on, on the slate tonight. You know, if you say you want to try to get two of these high end options on, on DraftKings and you don't want to maybe pay down for a low SP two, it, it, it's going to be tough to get those Indian bats. If you have two high price pitchers. Yeah, for sure. At least the pitchers aren't that absurdly priced. Like, I mean, please sax 8,500. Then some of the other guys will talk about uh, Paddock and Glass are in there. It's not like we have a, a Shane Bieber we're paying up for at 11,000 or something like that. So I don't think there's a massive like panic to, to find value at offense. Uh, I'm usually always looking for, for value bats also, because I generally always am looking at the higher priced pitchers. Uh, but I don't think this slate's going to be too hurting for value. 
Uh, let's move on to the next game is the Braves and the Mets. Steven Mott's going to be going for the Mets in this one. Max Free going to be on the hill for the Braves. Uh, Max, 9800 on DK, 9000 on FanDuel, $46 on Yahoo. Uh, Steven on the other side, he's 6400 on DK, 5900 on FanDuel, and $25 on Yahoo. Obviously, the Braves, Braves lineup, we know what, what they can do. Uh, I know Terry wrote about a potential stack with them, you know, stacking the bottom end of that lineup, which is something that Adam had mentioned on the Early Bird podcast, especially, you know, someone like a, a Duvall, you know, someone at the bottom of that order, you know, maybe, you know, then team up with the top of that order. But uh, break this one down for me. Yeah, so there aren't too many pitchers I've bet against more over the last few years than Steven Matz. I would say the first two, it's probably Steven Matz and Madison Bumgarner, just in terms of straight wagers, money line. I've been very anti-Matz for a while. Uh, Not only has he not really been particularly good, but he's always been rated fairly highly by the public. He was a well-regarded prospect coming out of the draft, and then he suffered. It was an elbow injury. I think he had bone spurs that he needed surgery to remove. I think he had to have it operated on twice. And then he was just never really the same pitcher after that. And this has really been a terrible season for him. It's never been quite this bad. I mean, now he's an 8.63 RA this year, 6.74 FIP. He's only made five starts. He's been limited this year also due to some injuries and then just also generally ineffective performance. So, yeah, the Braves make a a whole lot of sense against Mats. And I I think they're definitely a team that I'm going to want to stack. They are really expensive. So that's where I do think some of those bottom of the order bats make sense because it's hard to make a ton of lineups where you have Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, and Darno all in those lineups because of the, the price point. So you do look at the bottom of the order. Ozzy Albies is always at left-handed pitching, better than right-handed pitching as a switch hitter. He makes some sense. Uh, Austin Riley, kind of a boomer bust option, 3,800 at third base on DraftKings. Guy with a lot of power, but generally needs to hit a home run to have upside because if not, he just kind of strikes out a lot and doesn't make a whole lot of contact to hit singles and doubles, but still I like that. I like that upside for stacking. So I, I agree. Uh, Adam Duvall, also a guy who's had a ton of big games this year. Like Adam Duvall will do nothing for a week, then hit three home runs or something like that and score 60 <laughs> fantasy points. So Adam Duvall is a GPP play. I think he has upside at a relatively cheap price tag also. Yeah, I mean, you just look over on, on DraftKings, O'Reilly, 3,800. Uh, Duvall, I just had him up here a second. 40, uh, he's 4,500 on DK, so there's not really much of a – of a price break on him when you're, especially when, you know, I mean, Acuna's 5,800, Freddie Freeman, 5,700. So it's a very expensive side of it. In terms of the Mets bats, uh, are, are you targeting any of them going up against Max here? No, and the Mets offense has actually been really good this year, particularly against right-handed pitching. They are uh, first in the league against righties by WRC plus, but Max Free is a lefty. Uh, so I generally tend to target the Mets more against righties than lefties. The other thing too is that Max Free has been really good this year. He is a 1.980 RA, 2.525 FIP, has allowed zero homers this year. So that's a little bit of a concern when you're looking to stack against a pitcher. And just given the size of the slate and how many weaker pitchers there are, I don't think there's a need to try to target bats against Max Freed. So you're basically telling me SP2, Steven Moss is not going to be in any of your lineups. So you're basically telling me? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not going to be in my lineups. And it, he does every once in a while have a game where he isn't terrible and he can strike guys out, but there there isn't. There isn't a need to go there tonight, especially not against the Braves, who are firing on all cylinders right now. They're getting geared up for the for the playoffs. And the Braves against left-handed pitching, um, they've been pretty middle of the road this year. But even so, Stephen Matz doesn't get out any major league batter, so it doesn't matter. 
You know, speaking of the NL East here, I had uh, had MLB Network on here in the office before we we uh, got ready to do this show. And if you would have told me the Miami Marlins would be two and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves for first place, especially after how this season started for the Miami Marlins, I do not think I would have believed you. Uh, so I have a bet on the Marlins at uh, I think it's 250 to one to win the division. I've already hedged out. I took, I took the Braves, but this was something I did in MLB and NFL where I was like, these seasons could be weird. I literally bet every long shot of every division, mm -hmm. just saying like a couple of them are going to be in the mix and I'm going to be able to hedge out and it's going to be, it's going to be profitable in the long run. So yeah, I have, I have the Marlins to, to win the division at really long odds. I, I consider it dead at this point, but it doesn't matter because the hedge I made on the Braves and I did the same in the NFL. I have, I have Washington to win the NFC East. I have Jacksonville to win the, uh, to, to win their division also, just because I think the, some of these divisions are just way up in the air. We never know what's going to happen with COVID either where right players can get ruled out or something like that. So just whenever there's what I view to be added variants, I'm just going to take shots on, on long shots in those sorts of situations. Hey, cannot disagree with you. Of course, this is the MLB strategy show right here on awesome.com. Of course, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. And if you're not subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe and that notification bell. We'll let you know when a new video is either live or has been posted right here on the channel. You heard Greg mention a little earlier. Show is also available in podcast form. You can go over to awesomeo.com, click on the podcast network, give you the link to where you want to listen to the podcast for your favorite shows here on awesomeo.com. Next up, we have got the White Sox and the Reds in this one. In terms of uh, the White Sox to a starting pitcher, Jonathan Stever going to be on the hill. The rookie going to make his second career start. And as we sit here right now at 10:16 a.m. Eastern time, we do not have an official starter for the Reds. Uh, so there's a couple of, of players in the pitcher pool. Uh, you know, Mahali may be the guy who's for the Reds. He's not in the pitcher pool for on, on DraftKings. Uh, TJ Antoine is in the pitcher pool on uh, on DraftKings for the Reds not in the draft pool on FanDuel and Yahoo. So something to kind of consider when you're looking at this game here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to, and I just checked also the MLB app to see if there's any starter name since then there isn't. So that makes it a little hard to evaluate the Reds pitcher slash White Sox offense because we, we don't know who's pitching. Um, but with that said, if we look at uh, Stever, we can make some determinations about pitching for the White Sox. Like you said, second major league start. He is a, uh, somewhat decently regarded prospect he's top 10 in the white Sox organization uh, his minor league numbers last year were decent he did get strikeouts 9.76 strikeouts per nine innings in in a ball last year this is a pretty big leap for him though because he went right from a ball to the major leagues don't have all that much data on him i think it is worth noting that schema projection for a 5.25 era uh, in in the big leagues for the rest of the season and obviously it's only one start so it's not like literally saying that he's going to have a 5.25 ERA this year it's just this is the quality of pitcher they project him to be at the major league level at this point in time so for that reason I, I mean this is really all I have to go off of I'm going to assume that the Reds are in a pretty good spot going up against Stever. Uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned we do not know who's going for the Reds so that kind of, you know, hurts exactly what we can do in terms of evaluating the White Sox in this lineup, but uh, three-run shot there. Uh, in the YouTube chat says uh, White Sox going to nuke the Reds tonight. I mean, it's possible, and uh, maybe we'll get some really crappy pitcher on the mound. It's 
it's hard for me to say like these are who my favorite values or plays are. We don't even know if it's a lefty or righty on the mound. Yeah. Uh, looking through the pricing, and Edwin Encarnacion is only thirty nine hundred. It's been a disappointing year for him relative to other points of his career. But with that said, he still hit a handful of home runs, especially in the second half of the shortened season. So thirty nine hundred, I think that he's somebody who, if we do get a weaker starting pitcher on the mound for the Reds, he'd be somebody who makes sense as somebody to target with home run upside at thirty nine hundred. Uh, the rest of the bats pretty expensive here. Uh, Tim Anderson's expensive, Grandal, Jose Abreu's expensive, uh, Luis Robert, 4,200, maybe he's viable, Nomar Mazar, 3,100, he's somebody who I've targeted as a value play a decent amount this year in White Sox stacks, uh, so those are guys that could make sense, but once again, we need to figure out who the starting pitcher is going to be. Yeah, that, that's a big part of this. Uh, should mention that the free content over at Osmo.com today is our MLB player projections so that's something you got to pay to pay attention to all day long as we get the lineups in at, as the games go on. So be sure to go over to awesomeo.com and check out today's free premium content, MLB player projections. Um, in, in terms of, of the Reds, you mentioned we do know who is going to be on the hill for the White Sox. You mentioned, you know, potentially something to Reds. Uh, and, and I mentioned on the early bird podcast of a potential three, four, five stack of three left-handed bats for the Reds, uh, Avado, Moustakis, and uh, Winker, Winkler. Uh, yeah, I, I would add uh, uh, Akiyama into the mix. He's only 2,400. He's somebody who's hit towards the top of the lineup a lot for the Reds this year against right-handed pitching. So if that's the case, again, that's a really cheap price for him. I think that he would make sense as a value play. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think those left-handed bats for the Reds uh, make for a good stack on the slate. Yeah, I think that's something you definitely have to consider there. Uh, moving on to the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, the Yankees, one of the biggest betting favorites on this slate tonight. They're minus 186. And by the way, if you want to see the odds on tonight's game, go to Osmo.com right there at the top of the screen. You'll see Odd Shopper. Click on that. Click on MLB Odds. And you can see all the odds for tonight's slate of MLB action. Uh, the Yankees, uh, Jordan Montgomery expected to be on the hill here for the Yankees, I believe. Yeah, he has now been officially announced as a starter. Martin Perez going to be on the hill for the Red Sox. The Yankees, I mean, this is a lineup that has been on fire. They're getting healthy. Stanton came back this week. Judge is now back in this lineup. And uh, I remember on Tuesday night doing the show as that was Stanton's first game back, I said to Alex, I said, man, don't you, you know, because we were looking at the top stack tool, and I was like, man, this Yankees lineup is kind of a sneaky stack. Well, if you've been stacking the Yankees this week, they've treated you really good. Yeah, I mean, I guess, wh which, what do we set the line after? Now? Like over under five and a half home runs for the Yankees <laughs> against Martin Perez. The other thing too is I, I wish there was an opportunity here where we could be like, hey, the Yankees, like let's fade them because they're expensive or something. When you look at the price tags, Stanton's 4,300 tonight on DraftKings. Glaber Torres, one of the other guys who's a key piece of the lineup who's been injured for a lot of years. He recently came back. He homered yesterday. He's 3,900. Uh, Gio Urshela, he came back from the injured list a couple days ago. He's 4,500. Aaron Hicks is 3,600. So it's not even like the prices are all that expensive here. Like there's a relatively cheap Yankees stack to make. And that, that makes it really difficult for me to just totally ignore them. Uh, let's see. What is the projected ownership? The project for 11% is a stack tonight. I feel like that's going to go up as the day goes on because I mean, who's going to not want to stack the Yankees against Martin Perez at cheap prices after what they've done the last few days. So I, I think that, Early in the day, sometimes the, the ownership is just kind of uh, based on like what the projections are for the players, and then it'll adjust for more information as the day goes on. I, I think the Yankees are going to be pretty chalky later on in the day, but but for good reason. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the, the two stacks that are going to be chalky as we currently do this show live. It's the Yankees and the Dodgers, and, and no surprise with the, with, the, with the Dodgers playing in Coors Field, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as this one goes on. Um, you know, we've seen Gary Sanchez kind of come alive with the, the home run at the bottom of that order. I, you know, if, if you're someone that maybe wants to, you know, do a top, a bottom top stack with the Yankees, or, there's something there. But I mean, what, six homers yesterday? I mean, this, this line is just going crazy. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I think that there is also a thought process of, you know what, they're going to be highly owned. Let me go to a different stack, even though it is against Martin Perez. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're that highly owned, though. <clears throat> I mean, 11%, it's a, big, it's a big slate, so they're pretty spread out. And, I mean, there is actually another team. I, the Dodgers have double the ownership projected of the Yankees today, and the Rangers are also projecting for more ownership than the Yankees. So if, if they were, like, the Dodgers, like, 25% or something like that, then I'd say maybe stay away. But as it stands now, it's not, it's not really crazy ownership on them. In terms of uh, the Boston Bats, anything you'd like on that side of the slate? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, I think that there's some okay targets. Some of the righties, JD Martinez at 4,500. That's much too cheap of a price. He's the one guy outside of that. I don't really think the Red Sox make for a great stack though. Martinez is a one-off who's a little bit underpriced. Uh, you know, anything else you want to mention on this game before we move on? Uh, no, uh, I'll say, uh, seven home runs for the Yankees today and they'll all come, <laughs> all come in one inning back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll, that, that'll be, that'll be all of their fantasy production. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's a tough line to get away from, you know, I mentioned about how they're one of the biggest betting favorites tonight. The other big favorite is the Tampa Bay Rays minus two Oh five in Baltimore. Take on the Orioles uh, glass. Now going to be on the Hill for the Rays. He is 9,700 on DK 10,100 on FanDuel $48 on Yahoo. Alex Cobb. Going on the hill for the Orioles, 7,200 DK, 6,000 on FanDuel, and $27 on Yahoo. Uh, we, we mentioned uh, last night on the early bird that we thought uh, Glass now was going to be a uh, high-priced, uh, you know, in terms of ownership pitcher. And, uh, well, early on, that that is definitely showing that uh, people are definitely looking at him as uh, SP1 tonight. Yeah, and, I mean, it makes sense. There's a ton of upside there. I mean, the, the issue you always have with Tyler Glass now is, you never know when he's going to struggle to throw strikes and it's going to, you know, go the other way for him. Cause there's been some times this year where, you know, he strings a few good starts together and then all of a sudden he loses the strike zone and has like negative fantasy points. But with that said, he's been pretty good over his last stretch of starts, uh, 22, 38, 34, 20, and 21 fantasy points over his last handful of starts. So we haven't really seen too many bad outings from the, the walks were a big issue early in the season, but more in check now, 3.69 walks per nine innings for the season. Uh, given his strikeout rate, I, I think that he's a really strong option, uh, especially going up against the Orioles. Like you said, really good probability of him getting the win also. So that really helps in terms of what his floor is for tonight. And then the matchup against the Orioles, uh, Baltimore has a 103 WRC plus and a 22.9% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. So it's not like it's a super easy matchup, except the Orioles um, – have who's on the mound for Baltimore again today Alex Cobb said so just because he's such a weak starting pitcher that's really why there's such a high percentage chance of Glasnow getting the win the other thing too is when Glasnow is actually on like there are times where you just watch him pitching and be like oh he must be the best pitcher in baseball he's throwing 100 miles per hour he's got a just crazy breaking ball 
Uh, it's just sometimes he loses command. But overall, I, I think that at this point of the season, given how many uh, solid starts he's strung together in a row, I think he makes for a good option. Yeah. You talk about the Rays, how these incredible trades they make. Look at that. Go look back at that trade they made with the Pirates to get Glass now where they sent Archer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you look at it now and, and you're just, I mean, look, there was a point where Chris Archer was amazing. And, and just, it's, it's really, you know, as, as payroll uh, restrictive as the Rays are, it's, it's amazing how they pull off these hauls and trades. Yeah. They got Austin Meadows in that trade also. I mean, it was, it was a really one sided trade. And not only has Archer not pitched well since then, he's only made like, I don't know, nine starts, right? I mean, he's, he's gotten hurt. And when he has been healthy, he hasn't pitched well. So it's it's a really it's it's a really good uh, it, one of the better trades in recent history. Something to note here on Tyler: he has pitched eleven and two thirds innings against the Orioles this year, eighteen strikeouts. Yeah, I mean that's not even that far off from his normal uh, <laughs> rates this season, though. I mean he's striking out fourteen point one eight hitters per nine innings. So I mean it's, he he almost gets two strikeouts per inning. It's kind of the it's kind of the norm for him. He, he's either. Uh, striking somebody out, walking them, or giving up a home run. Those are the three outcomes for Tyler Glass now. Now, when you look at the Rays lineup in this game, the thing we got to pay attention to is Austin Meadows. He is day-to-day, so we'll see whether or not he's in the lineup tonight. Uh, you know, outside, you know, obviously you look at some of the other Rays bats. Are, are they a, uh, a stack you're looking at here? So I'm going to assume that Meadows doesn't play. He, he left yesterday's game early with an oblique injury. If we look at where the Rays are in the standings, they have a little bit of a cushion over the Yankees. Uh, maybe they're a little concerned about that just because the Yankees seem to score 15 runs every night. Uh, but even so, I think even if the Yankees win out, there's a decent chance the Rays would win the division just because you know there's only uh, 10 games or so left in the season and they have a little bit of that cushion there. So as long as they win, you know, about half their games, maybe go like six and four or something like that, they probably win the division anyway. So I think they'll be cautious with Meadows. No reason to risk him heading into the playoffs. Uh, so assuming that's the case, I mean, Satsugo only 3000 on DraftKings with third base and outfield eligibility. So there's uh, a little bit of flexibility there with them. Uh, Nate Lau is 2,900, Joey Wendell, 3,900, Kiermaier, 2,700. There's a lot of reasonably, uh, reasonably priced batters in here that are lefties that I think have really high upside against Alex Cobb. Also this game being played in Baltimore. So really strong hitters park. Anything, even though as much as uh, we like last now tonight, anything on the uh, Orioles pitching or hitting side that interests you? I will say this. Uh, when Glass now does struggle, he gives up homers. So I'm going to be really highly exposed to Glass now tonight, and I'll make a couple of Orioles hedge stacks just because I want to have a little bit of insurance in case he doesn't do well. And the other thing also is given the uh, given the expected ownership of Glass now, the Orioles as a team stack 0.2% projected ownership. So if you're making 150 lineups and you make two uh, Orioles stacks, you have like 10x the field on them. And I, I think I think that's not a bad way to approach GPPs, just kind of as a little bit of a hedge. Next up, we got the Diamondbacks and the Astros. Zach Allen going to be on the hill for the D-backs. Zach Grinke on the mound for the Astros. Uh, Gallon 9,500 on DK. Grinke is 10,100. And then over on FanDuel, 9,700 for Gallon, 9,500 for Grinke. And then $48 on Yahoo for Grinky, $44 for Gallon. Uh, let me get you, you're uh, taking this pitching matchup of, of two highly priced pitchers. Yeah, I mean, if you play DFS, you've been burned by Zach Gallon over the last 10 days or so. There's no doubt about that because his last two starts, favorable matchups, he was super, I think he was the highest on pitcher on each of the last two slates that he pitched uh, against the Dimebacks and Manners, and he absolutely sucked in both of them. 
that's really hard to not have recency bias and be concerned about it. Um, I, he was also due for a little bit of regression. His ERA was really low and his peripheral stats were a lot higher. Uh, 252 Babbitt for the season. Uh, he still has a 3.15 ERA, which is solid, but 3.93 FIP. So the regression was always coming. You just didn't think it was going to come in such easy matchups. Like it, there was no way to think that he was going to get lit up by the Diamondbacks and the Mariners in back-to-back starts. Uh, it is concerning enough, though, that I, I really don't want to touch him tonight going up against the Astros. It's a really tough matchup for him on the road. Of course, this would be the start where he puts it back together now, where it's everybody's <laughs> off of him and he has a tough matchup. Um, but 9,500, the, the, the way I would consider him is if he was like 7,200 or something like that, if he was really priced down for his recent starts. But since he's still really expensive after those really off outings, um, I, I don't really have interest in the Astros. But, but I can't roster Gallon either. I'm, I'm definitely scared off of him. In terms of uh, the Astros bats, are you going to target them against Gallon? Uh, there's some individual bats I like. Uh, Michael Brantley has been ridiculously cheap over the last few slates, and I'm not sure why that's the case. So him at 3,600 makes sense. Jose Altuve has also been really cheap. That kind of makes sense because that's just how the, the pricing algorithm works on DraftKings is – uh, when guys are on the disabled or injured list, they are priced down a lot and they come back really cheap. And then once they hit well, they go back to normal prices. And that hasn't been the case yet for Altuve. So for that reason, he's still only 3,700. I think that he's a viable value option. Those are the two guys that really stand out to me are Altuve and Brantley. Of course, you hear us talking about our ownership projections, the top stack tool, the top pitchers tool. To get access to that, you got to sign up right now for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95, all you got to do is go to awesomeo.com forward slash join to sign up for MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. Get you full access to our leading player projections, ownership projections, the top pitchers tool, top stack tool. You got to check that out. That top stack tool is definitely something I'm going to every day, looking at that ownership and, and kind of seeing who are those sneaky plays to potentially play. So sign up today. Go to awesomeo.com forward slash join uh next up we got the Coors uh Coors matchup here Dodgers and Rockies we mentioned about the ownership of the Dodgers stack is extremely uh it's by far the top stack as uh, as of 10 30 a.m eastern time but uh break this one down for us Greg yeah it's it's really hard to get away from the Dodgers tonight just in terms of how I expect them to perform as a team so here, here's one thing I will say I'm probably gonna be underweight to the field if this ownership stays what it is because it's it's a 12 game slate and they're projected to be 25 percent owned that's more than double any other ownership on the slate so I, there's just never a time that i'm stacking one team that heavily it doesn't mean i'm not gonna have a lot of exposure to the dodgers they're probably gonna be my highest owned team but probably something like the 15 percent range or something like that which would have me a decent amount under the field uh, not only do they have a great offense and they're playing a course field um ryan castellani is on the mound for the rockies and he has such an unfavorable pitcher profile for, for a guy who's making starts at Coors Field. Uh, Castellani is a pitch-to-contact guy, only 6.03 uh, strikeouts per nine innings. He's also walking 4.72 hitters per nine innings. He doesn't really generate ground balls. There's a lot of balls being hit in the air against him. So even though he's a 4.46 ERA this year, he is a 7.19 FIP. And if there was ever a start where this was all going to come crashing down for him, it's at home against the Dodgers. It just, everything's lining up for the Dodgers to score like 12 runs or something crazy at Coors Field today. So they're, they're definitely the number one overall stack on the slate. And in terms of the pricing, it's not that ridiculous. Uh, I mean, like Cody Bellinger's 5,800, but 
think in the past about some of these offenses that are in really favorable situations at Coors Field, it, it's pretty normal for everybody to be priced in like the 6,000 range. And we just don't have that tonight. So there are pay-up guys here. Like I mentioned, Bellinger's 5,800. Uh, but even there are cheaper guys at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, Rios is 3,400. He homered yesterday. Gavin Lux is 4,400. So I think you could make stacks with the bottom of the lineup. Uh, you do have to pay up for Betts and Bellinger. But Corey Seager at 5,300. Justin Turner at 5,200. All things considered, that's that's a really cheap price relative to this being a course field game and a plus matchup. Uh, we don't officially know who's going to be on the hill for the Dodgers. That's not been announced. White is in the player pool on, on DK, FanDuel, and on Yahoo. You know, low end pitcher, fifty seven hundred on DK, fifty five hundred on FanDuel, twenty eight dollars on Yahoo. So, give you a little matchup there. But uh, in terms of uh, the Rockies bats, um, you know, are you looking at a Rocky stack here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even last night against Julio Urias, who's a good starting pitcher, I was, I was still willing to stack the Rockies because I always want some exposure to Coors Field games. Uh, the other thing, too, is I assume they don't have – yeah, they're, they're not projected for very much ownership. So I, I think that they do make – if you're looking to get exposure to Coors Field and not be uber chalky with the Dodgers, they're still going to be upside in the Rockies also. Uh, if White is on the mound for, for Los Angeles, it probably means it's a bullpen game. He's only made one big league outing in his entire career, and he went one inning. So I don't think he's going to be working very deep into the game. It's probably going to be a bullpen game for the Dodgers, and they do have a pretty strong bullpen. Uh, so that is a little bit of a concern, but I'd be making, I'd be willing to make a very small percentage of, of Rocky stacks. Uh, you got this question, uh, and this is more of a general question from Frank. He says, on FanDuel, where you can only have four guys on the same team, would you have two stacks in each entry or one stack and finish it with a random one-off players? Yeah, so it depends on the on the slate and also what the payup options are because so slate like last night with Shane Bieber, right? Uh, I want to have Shane Bieber in the majority of my lineups, and it's hard to fit in lineups that are all just four four stacks with Bieber. So that's really what le- leads me to a lot of making like a four man stack with Bieber and then a few value plays. In general, my lineups on Fanduel are either uh, four four stacks with a pitcher or four three one stacks with the pitcher, where I'm looking for a value play at the end. So. That's always how I set up my lineups in Fantasy Cruncher. Great, yeah. You got to have Fantasy Cruncher in your Osmo account. That makes things so much easier because I will tell you, I'm using a lot of it on MMA FanDuel for tomorrow. A lot of Fantasy Cruncher because, a lot of yeah, fights. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much you looked at the uh, lines on FanDuel. Interesting roster construction. <laughs> I, I, have, I, haven't, I haven't looked yet, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the other thing that also makes it interesting is I mean, there's so many fights tomorrow. It looks like they're finally adjusting to, uh, you know, all the fight cancellations they're getting for COVID. So oh, we already we already lost one fight. Yeah, uh, but but they've got plenty more to. They've still got plenty yeah, more on we're roster. Da- yeah, we're down. We're yeah, down we, to yeah, we're, uh, we're, fourteen fights. Yeah, where yeah. Dana White was like, "Hey, we're booking fifteen fights this week because four of them get canceled every week." So that will be interesting. Yeah, Colby Covington, by the way, twenty three dollars on Fanduel. It's going to attempt a lot of takedowns. It's going to. It's it's definitely. Well, he's, he's, yeah, he's a DFS. I mean, yeah, not to get too far off track, but I mean it's the exact yeah. same matchup that Woodley's lost the last two times he was out. Yeah, I mean that that that's always the thing of you know, and especially like to bring it back to to MLB, it's like you know if you want to take you know a Tyre Glasnow on Fanduel at ten thousand one hundred, and if you like a Dodger stack, yeah, it's going to be tough to to construct a lineup together. Yeah, I mean the the pricing could always is always going to be a little bit of a hamstring, and then. 
I mean, bring it into this slate. One of the teams who are they up next? Uh, I was trying to make a transition here. Are the Rangers next? No. Uh, oh. All right. Well, I, try, I, I was trying to make a smooth transition, but I w- that would have got us out of order. But the Rangers are a really good value stack. And that's why they're going to get a bunch of ownership tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about the Rangers here uh, momentarily. Next game we're going to talk about is Kansas City and Milwaukee. Danny Duffy on the hill for the Royals and for the Brewers will be Adrian Hauser. Yeah, pretty interesting situation for Danny Duffy, who was supposed to start a few nights ago, missed the team flight and and got uh, got suspended for uh, disciplinary reasons. Uh, overall, it's been a solid season for Duffy, though. He's uh, dropped a little bit of velocity in, in the last couple of years, except it hasn't impacted him too much this year. He was a really good young pitcher at one point, uh, moved to the bullpen, had a lot of success. Uh, was then in the starting rotation, had some success, and then dropped off as his velocity dip. But this year, uh, he's found a way to work around it, uh, striking out over a hitter per inning, 4.24 ERA. So he's been a, he's been a decent fantasy option. Uh, the one thing about Duffy, though, is that he's not quite the same value he was before. Earlier in the year, we were able to roster him at like 5,900, 6,200. Now he's at 7,800, which is okay, not quite the same value. He's going to be in my player pool. Though. I think he's somebody worth getting some exposure to. Uh, even though on paper the Brewers should have a really good offense, it just hasn't really been the case for them this year. Uh, Milwaukee against uh, – where are they? Yeah, they, they have a, an 88 WRC plus this year. They've been striking out at a fairly high clip. So the, the Brewers are, are not necessarily an offense. I'm, I'm, a sca- I'm like, afraid of rostering pitchers against. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of stacking the top of that Royals lineup. I, I see, it, it seems like they're always a popular stack for me. The prices are a little more expensive today yeah, than they've been in previous yeah. slates. Uh, but but still, I do agree with you in general. The other thing, too, is Alberto Mondesi. His price is still relatively cheap, uh, considering how highly he was regarded coming into the season, right? I mean, think about Mondesi coming in. He was like a first, second-round pick in a lot of fantasy leagues because people are saying, hey, he's got a little bit of power upside. He's going to lead the league in stolen bases. Uh, and then he just never got on base the first few weeks of the season, which has not been the case over the last couple weeks. And the other thing also is that He's hit all of his home runs this season in the last week and a half. So he's shown a little bit of power now. He's getting on base more often. And he, he's a guy we've seen a bunch of games from him over the last couple of weeks where he scores 20, 25 fantasy points. So his current price point is not quite high enough. Uh, it, it's still a lot lower than he was when he entered the season because coming into the year, I think he was $4,900 on opening night. And then he dropped all the way down below 3000 Now he's on the rise again, except there's still a lot more wiggle room for it to go up. Uh, next up, we have got the Twins and the Cubs. Uh, Kyle Hendricks going to be on the mound for the Cubbies. Rich Hill for the Twins. One of the things that uh, Adam had mentioned last night on the Early Bird podcast is pay attention to the weather report. It did look like as of last night, we're going to have a major winds blowing in at Wrigley. Yeah, that does look it's that, that does look like it's going to be the case. Uh, one uh, structural note, and I'm no, I'm no architect, right? Like what I'm, I'm here talking about uh, basketball and football, but they did make some changes to Wrigley field this year. And it, it was to mitigate the effect of the wind. So it still matters, especially when the winds are high, except this isn't like previous years where it's like, Oh, there's a 20 mile per hour wind blowing in or out at Wrigley where, I mean, literally there was games where every single pop fly turns into a home run. There's other games where somebody could absolutely smash a ball into the wind. And it's like a, a, a pop out. And that's, that's not the case this year because of some of the designs they made. I don't know how they went about doing that. I mean, to me, it's like, what, they put a dome over it? Like, I'm no, I'm no structural engineer. I don't know the X's and O's of it. But I do know that it's a, that it's a, uh, 
that's a little bit more of uh, an inhibitor to the, to the wind that we've seen this season. So it is something to take note of, except it's not something either that I'd say that this is going to totally determine the outcome of the game. Uh, I will say this about Rich Hill. I don't care what the wind is. I'm not rostering him. He's, uh, he's, he's old. He's not pitching well anymore. Um, he does have a 3.81 ERA, except there's a lot of luck involved there. 4.5 FIP. He's not striking guys out anymore, which was something he did really well up until last year. I mean, last year he struck out 11 hitters per nine innings. This year, 7.62 strikeouts per nine innings. He's walking 4.15 guys per nine innings. So just a terrible combination because he'll uh, career high walk rate, career low strikeout rate, also tough matchup against the Cubs. I don't want to go there. Kyle Hendricks is a lot more interesting because even though the Twins have a good offense, Kyle Hendricks is somebody who's traditionally pitched extremely well at Wrigley Field. He's also striking out a little bit more guys than we've seen from him in the past. So at 9,000, where we're kind of lacking true aces on the slate, you know, like Tyler Glass now is a really good option, but behind him, there's not like one guy that I really want to you know, stick my flag in. So I think that Kyle Hendricks is somebody that makes sense and is worth having in the player pool. Yeah. I was going to bring up the question that I brought up on the early bird is, are you completely fading the twins bats in this one? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, it's not even just the win factor, but just, I don't stack against Kyle Hendricks in general, very much anyway. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, 3.29 year this year, 3.46 the year before 3.44, 2.03, 2.13, uh, high ground ball pitcher doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. It's, it's very rare that an offense scores, you know, more than two or three runs off of Kyle Hendricks. Uh, of course, you mentioned about that Rangers and Angels game. Uh, we've got go. an opener going for the Rangers. And uh, the best way we put this on the early bird podcast is uh, probably not have to worry about too much. You don't need to worry about the pitchers in this one. You need to worry about the hitting. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, Jaime Barria is on the mound for the Angels. At one point, he was uh, somewhat of a, of a decently regarded prospect. Not really the case anymore, even though he's pitched okay this year. Uh, he was terrible last year at a 6.42 ERA and a 6.23 FIP last season. Uh, Zips this year hasn't projected as a guy who's a 5.2 ERA pitcher. So even though he's had a little bit of success this year in small sample size, I don't buy it. I don't think he's good enough to get out major league hitters. And given how much people are looking to get those Dodgers bats and like glass now into lineups, the Texas Rangers project for 13.6% ownership today is a stack. That's the second highest on the slate. However, according to our top stacks tool, the Texas Rangers have a 20.1% chance of being the top value stack on the slate, which is by far the, the highest percentage chance of being the top value of any other team. So I think the Rangers are a really strong source of, of value today. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But uh, the ownership share on them is uh, 13%. And of course, uh, you can get access to all those figures. All you got to do is sign up for an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $15.95 osmo.com slash join to sign up there um in terms of uh, the angels bats what's your take they're pretty expensive um and in terms of the guys i actually care about you know trout and rendon have both been really good this year Shohei otani we haven't really gotten an update on otani recently i've seen i just assume he's not playing the rest of the year the angels aren't really in the playoff picture so probably just gonna sit him uh, justin upton has been hitting the ball a little bit better as of late so I think he's okay at 3,500. The guy who I have the most uh, interest in overall is going to be Walsh at 4,000. He's hit, I don't know, something like seven homers in the last nine games. He's shown a lot of power upside, and his price tag hasn't moved all that much. Also crushed the ball in the minor leagues in previous years. So I think that he makes a lot of sense. He should probably be a guy who's priced close to 5,000. It's just not the case right now. Uh, but definitely the side I'm more interested in is the Rangers bats, because if you look at their price tags on DraftKings, we have an entire lineup of min-price hitters almost going up against the not-so-great pitcher in Jaime Barria. 
Yeah, looking at uh, the price points on the Rangers in this one in terms of hitting, Gallo, 3900 The most expensive uh, hitter in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, the most expensive hitter, yeah, 3900 So, yeah, if you want to build a stack, it becomes uh, very easy, to, and especially to afford those high-priced pitching options. Yeah, and then, I mean, Tavares, who's been decent as a fantasy player, he's 2100 leading off Willie Calhoun, who – the one thing he does well is he's a hitter with power upside. So he is home run upside. He's only 2,100. And then you go down the lineup. I mean, Guzman's 2,500. Huff, catcher eligibility, he's 2,100. It's just ridiculously cheap prices. If if you stack the Rangers and they score five runs, uh, they probably crush relative to what their salaries are. Next up, we got the Padres and the Mariners. The Mariners, a home team in Petco Park. Yes, you heard that correct. They are the home team course game was supposed to take place in seattle i think i think i saw the mariners uh tweet was the homestand continues tomorrow in san diego and because yeah. of the air quality issues there in seattle with the uh the fires that have been going on there on, on the west coast i think everyone knows what's kind of going on there uh for the padres in this one of course they are the betting favorite minus 180 in this one they've got chris paddock on the hill for them and you say kikuchi and we we talked about this last I think last Friday. I mean, you talked about this of the pricing difference on Kikuchi in terms of DK as opposed to FanDuel in uh, Yahoo. Sixty six hundred still for him on on DK. Seventy nine hundred on FanDuel and only twenty five dollars on Yahoo. Yeah, unfortunately, the matchup isn't great for Kikuchi. Except his under his underlying numbers are really strong this season. He's been in a number of tough matchups, and he finds himself in another really difficult matchup against the Padres today. Uh, I wouldn't consider Kikuchi at his price point on FanDuel. I think he's a viable SP2 on DraftKings, a very risky one, though, because uh, just how good the Padres' offense is, and he has struggled at times this year, Kikuchi. But still, it, it looks like it's a lot of bad luck, uh, a lot of really terrible sequencing. He has a 53.4% strand rate, which is just ridiculously unlucky. Basically, what's happening is when he gives up a single, those guys are coming around to score 50% of the time. And, and the, it should be around 70% if we're looking at league averages. And uh, what we'd anticipate from a uh, quality of pitcher he is. Uh, we've said this a few times about Kikuchi also. A massive increase in velocity this year from last year. Changes pitching mechanics, and it's made a big difference. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't changed his ERA all that much. But <laughs> the underlying numbers suggest that it should have changed his ERA because he's gone from striking out 6.46 hitters to 9.49 hitters. His walk rate's down. He's giving up about half as many uh, home runs to fly balls. It's just the difference of he's gotten really unlucky when guys have gotten on base. So that should normalize over the long run. And I think that this is too cheap of a price for Kikuchi. I don't want to put him in like 50% of my lineups or anything due to the difficulty of the matchup. But per dollar, I do think that he's the strongest option on the slate. In terms of hitting in this game, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, just because I do think that Kikuchi's good, I, I don't really want to roster the Padres hitters going up against him. Um, from the Mariner side of the game, their offense has been bad enough that I don't really want to get exposure to them, even though Chris Paddock had a uh, struggle against him his last time that he pitched against the Mariners. Still, Chris Paddock is another guy who I think is a really talented young pitcher, and he was dealing with an ankle injury the last time he pitched and only was able to make it through a couple innings. So I, I do want to make sure that he's no kind of restrictions or anything. If he's full go, then I think that he is one of the, the better pitching options on DraftKings. Uh, then our final game of the night is the Giants and the A's. Logan Webb going to be on the mound for the Giants. And uh, Chris Bassett going to be on the hill for the A's. We initially thought that was going to be Johnny Cueto, but it was officially announced 
that Logan Webb will be getting a start here. Yeah, I don't really think there's a lot to see here, either from the pitchers or the offenses. Um, it, it's just a kind of whatever game. Neither Bassett nor Webb are terrible, nor are they great. I don't think it's great matchups for the hitters. And then uh, price tags, at least on the A side, are pretty expensive relative to the matchup. Uh, there are some individual bats that I think make sense for value on the Giants side. Uh, they have uh, Basabe, who recently got into the lineup. He's min-price on DraftKings. I think he's worth looking at. Uh, Brandon Belt is 3,500. He's hit the ball relatively well this year against uh, right-handed pitching. I think that he makes for a decent value play. Uh, so that's where I'm looking here. No real stacking interest. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, in terms of uh, just kind of looking at the stacks on this game in particular, uh, yeah, yeah, ownership Oakland less than, you know, half of a percent right now. Um, San Francisco's even lower. Yeah, San Francisco is in the uh, – is in the neighborhood with the uh, who are some of those other teams uh, like like Baltimore going up against Tyler Glass now where they're point two percent. That's that's what we're looking at. Is nobody's going to roster them? So they're playing under fifty lineups like I do. I mean, it makes sense to make you know one or two stacks of these teams at really low ownership, but nothing I'm really going to be making a significant investment in. Yeah, just kind of looking at uh, ownership as we kind of start to wrap up here. Uh, Will Smith getting a ton of ownership. Um, for the Dodgers, not really a surprise there. Glass now, um, get a ton of ownership. Chris Paddock getting a good amount of ownership as well. Yeah, I think that makes some sense. It is, he still has a lot of name value. He has overall had some big uh, outings this year, even if he's somewhat disappointed recently. The other thing, too, is I mean, we look at the Mariners' offense against right handed pitching. Um, where are they? Why can't I find them? Do you ever do that? Sometimes you look at a spreadsheet and there's just all the, just all the names up there. And it's like the right, you know, it's, you know, it's there, right? There's only, yeah. there's only 30, there's only 30 baseball. There's only, you know, 30 teams in, in major league baseball. So I know all the teams are in the list, but then the team just gets lost in the sheet. So like I'm sitting there talking and I'm trying to fill time while I'm pressing control F on my, on my <laughs> computer so I could look through and find them. Uh, so yeah, I mean the Mariners middle of the road, they have a 104 WRC plus against uh, right-handed pitching. Uh, I actually thought they were going to be a lot lower than that. Uh, they did get off to a really hot start this year and have tapered off a little bit uh, lately. So I, I do view it as a slightly positive matchup for Chris Paddock. The, the price tag is favorable. And I mean, look at the mid range on DraftKings. It's outside of Zach Plesak. It's not like there's one guy who is really like a terrific option. You know, Kyle Hendricks is worth some exposure to Chris Paddock is, um, Tyler Glass now a little bit more expensive, but it, it's just a tough price range to find one pitcher that you could really be supremely confident in. So that's that's where I think Chris Paddock makes sense. Yeah, and obviously the Dodger bats are all going to be highly owned. Um, you know, just looking at our projections right now on FanDuel, we've got Austin Meadows highly owned, but obviously that is going to change depending on whether or not he plays. I mean, I, I would probably say most likely he probably doesn't play. That'd be my guess. Yeah, that was my guess before. Also, I think I think we'll see uh, Tatugo hitting near the top of the lineup. Yeah, it's something you got to pay attention to. Of course, uh, come up here uh, today, later today at six p.m. Eastern time. I will be be joined by Jeff and Terry for MLB Live Before Lock. Of course, be sure to keep tuned in here to awesomeo.com all day long. Our free premium content of the day is the MLB player projections. We've got live shows going on all day, so keep it right here at awesomeo.com. So that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Strategy Show.